on the job with Francis Leach. It's on the job, the podcast all about making your working life better. How the hell are you? Francis Leach with you. Hope you're well. Now, for those of us who've had the opportunity or the need to fly in recent times, oh boy, it's hard work. Long queues at airports, bags being lost, planes being delayed, bags never turning up. The stories are endless. And the frustration is growing and growing and growing. And as we get closer to summer in Australia, spring and summer, and the need and desire for travel starts to ramp up, the great fear is it's only going to get a lot worse. So what's at the heart of all this? Well, workers. And the fact that Qantas, in particular, the company that used to pride itself as the spirit of Australia, the flying kangaroo, is now the wounded kangaroo after years of a neoliberal project to basically strip the company of its entire workforce and outsource it to uh, labour hire companies and casualise all the jobs to reduce costs at a corporate level. Looks great on the balance sheet and uh, the share price goes up and the CEO's bank balance, Alan Joyce, gets fatter and fatter and fatter. The workers who provide the services that used to make Qantas tick like a Swiss clock and made it one of the most famous airlines and the safest airline in the world, well, that's all been stripped away. And now the curtain has come down in the post-pandemic era and there's nowhere to hide because it is a basic a casualised workforce that can't keep up with demand and it's a mess. It's an absolute mess and the Transport Workers Union, Michael Kane and his team have been talking about this for years and recent events have proved them correct. We knew it as unionists all along but it's proved them absolutely correct at the expense of the travelling public. So last week on Four Corners, Stephen Long did a superb report on ABC TV on the situation at Qantas and it shone a very bright light on all of the problems in the company and the cost and the problems caused by not maintaining a well-paid, highly skilled, secure workforce. Let's hear an excerpt or a couple of grabs from Stephen's report about what's going on at Qantas. Then after that, we'll hear from Michael Kane, the National Secretary of the Transport Workers Union. I've basically told everyone I know, if you can, fly with Virgin. It's a divide and conquer culture which the airline has put into play. It makes me angry because I see our airline running down. It's not part of the spirit of Australia. This is a corporate dictatorship. This is how the company behaves. If you're not paying workers properly, then how can you expect to get the kind of standard that Australians have got used to from Qantas? As a pilot operating in the domestic environment, on a regular basis, I can assure you that the delays passengers are facing as a result of the outsourcing of the ground handling staff. We can be all ready to go on the flight deck, all passengers loaded, and we'll be sitting there 20 or 30 minutes waiting for someone to be available to push the aircraft back or waiting for the passengers or freight to be loaded. It wouldn't 100% be because of that, but definitely over 50% of flights are delayed because of the ground handling. We're expected to do basically the tasks that the Qantas ground services did, but with a lot less numbers and experience. And as a result, we have a very high turnover rate that makes the already bad situation even worse. We can't build enough experienced people doing the job more efficiently and safely. And so we do jobs more slowly and more haphazardly as people just don't know. They're still learning on the job. One instance I'm aware of, the ground handlers, they loaded the aircraft incorrectly. So what should have gone in the front went in the back. What went in the back should have gone in the front 
It's all things to do with weight, these sorts of things. There's a certain way aircrafts have to be loaded down below. And it was only realised it was done the wrong way just before the cargo hold was supposed to be closed. Some of the voices there from Stephen Long's superb report on ABC Four Corners, which you can see on ABC iView on your phone, on your tablet or on your smart TV, all that sort of stuff. I do urge you to go and watch that report and get the full picture of what Stephen reported there on Four Corners. One of the people he speaks to in the program is Michael Kane, the National Secretary of the Transport Workers Union, and we'll catch up with him right after this. This is On The Job with Francis Leach. Michael, welcome to On The Job. How are you? I'm well. Thanks very much for having me. What's been the reaction to the Four Corners program? Because you couldn't have a more comprehensive report on the terrible situation at Qantas for workers and for passengers and customers as well. I think the reaction's been one of complete disappointment. I mean, we all have a special place in our hearts for the national carrier. And what was stated at the beginning of that Four Corners program was exactly right. That is... You know, Qantas, Spirit of Australia, still call Australia home, safety record, all of those things are something that resonate with us and something that we want of, you know, the flying kangaroo. But I think what Four Corners did, and it was perfectly timed, um, was it picked up on the fact that the gloss has well and truly come off. 15 years of bluff and bluster and dismantling terms and conditions of the workforce that built the spirit of Australia are finally coming home to roost in terms of, you know, poor standards, poor safety, a devastated and demoralised workforce. And, you know, that is a a source of the people I've spoken to of absolute profound disappointment. And really now there's a feeling that uh, we have to fix aviation and we know that we have to fix Qantas and and that's going to take some radical change. Yeah, it was really drawn sharply, the contrast between some of the workers who knew full-time secure work within Qantas uh, and were very, very proud of the work they did and, you know, as a career, you know, and they held, you know, huge esteem within the community because of it, contrasting with the way that workers are treated now and the reputation of the company itself. It, it mirrors in many ways, not just the experience in aviation, but a more generalised experience in the workforce where insecure casual and labour hire workers rob people not only of their paying conditions at work but also their, their status as workers. Yeah, and I think, Francis, the thing is this, that across COVID there's a newfound appreciation in the entire Australian community about the value of work and workers, no matter what they do. And I think the gloss of, you know, someone being a CEO, the gloss that you know, the more that they're paid, the more revered they should be is well and truly wearing off because people saw that when you couldn't have truck drivers because of COVID stoppages, when airplanes were stuck in the desert, you could see that the critical importance of supply chains in our industry and transport, of course, but right across the economy. And and we saw that, um, that supply chains and precarious employment were also exposed I mean, we saw that in the uh, quarantine hotels where there wasn't a direct engagement of those people that were supposed to be taking care of the health and security arrangements. Um, Two or three contracts removed means that there's less control. It means that those workers are paid less. It means that they have to work two or three jobs. It means that they could be spreading the virus um, because they've been in contact with it. 
all of these things exposed some really important fundamental things about work that these workers, wherever they are, workers in Australia are important. And secondly, that there'd been structural change across uh, this period from microeconomic reform really in the late 1980s to now where where we've seen things go too far, uh, where we've seen companies and corporations outsource their responsibility on the basis of deliberately splintering work arrangements so they could take that cost and put it on the bottom line. And that is um, something that's exposed now right across our economy. It means that even though we've got incredibly low rates of unemployment, we're struggling to get wages moving again when, you know, pure economic theory would tell us that we should be seeing wages pumping. And, you know, these are the dynamics that are in play. And, of course, when those dynamics are in play in critical infrastructure where the safety aspect of the work is fundamentally important because we're carrying Australian people, whether it be on the road or in the air, then, you know, we are all just a hop, skip and a jump away from some really devastating consequences. So, yes, this is a time that um, we're reflecting on the value of work and workers. And yes, this is a time we're reflecting on some fundamentally broken aspects of our system. And it's time for change. For those of you who haven't seen The Four Corners, you received a dossier which outlines some a whole raft of uh, real-life experiences with Qantas, particularly with the workforce and some of the things that they had not only endured but they'd seen uh, and they were prepared to reveal at risk to themselves too because we know that in this environment workers often speaking up on issues of safety or, or any criticism of the company to which they might be contracted through, say, a labour hire company can lose their job in a blink of an eye. So incredibly brave of them. But what were some of the things that shocked you the most that you'd heard? I mean, you virtually, Michael, heard everything that there is to hear about the aviation industry but this, some of this stuff would have been terrifying for people to see if they'd not been exposed to it before. Yeah, you think about the concerns that officials of the union that we hear on a day-to-day basis and then you think about someone tuning into Four Corners. 5th of September, by the way, Four Corners for anyone listening. In fact, I would say it is fundamental viewing for all Australians. But yes, people watching Four Corners will have been absolutely alarmed. They wouldn't have appreciated that virtually no one no worker is employed by Qantas at all. They're either employed by artificial wholly owned subsidiaries set up by Qantas for the express purpose of placing workers on inferior terms and conditions than those that existed 10 or 15, 20 years ago, or they are labour hire workers, or they are workers in companies that are aviation companies to which Qantas has contracted out the work. And of course, for us in the Transport Workers Union, 1,700 of those workers were ground staff employed by the company from the time of its inception and were illegally outsourced in 2020. And four federal court judges have now confirmed that. So people would have been surprised, I think, to hear that. But the consequences of that are absolutely devastating for work because what it induces is a downward spiral of terms and conditions right down to the lowest common denominator. So now we have people working side by side, massive discrepancies between their pay rates, massive discrepancies between their terms and conditions, and a downward spiral to ultimately those external companies who are engaging workers on the bare legal minimum and on insecure arrangements, casualised very highly um, so that they can keep workers, and I know this sounds awful, but it's the, it's the truth, keep workers ravenous for any scrap of work 
that they can pick up at very low rates of pay, no real capacity to stabilise themselves and their families for the future, to make financial plans, to run a mortgage, to even buy a car, to take a personal loan. It's beyond the pale. And that is devastating. Uh, it means that we can't attract workers into aviation right at the time that we need to rebuild aviation post-COVID. Because who would want to come back into an industry on the minimum wage with guaranteed hours that are only, say, four a day, on casualised arrangements, and into companies like Swissport who've demonstrated time and again a toxic workplace culture and disdain for the law, breaching industrial and safety laws time and time again. You know, that's not a place that people want to work. Sometimes they have to work there, but people don't want to work there. And, of course, that means that there are safety dangers that follow. We've all seen the service consequences, Francis. We've seen them. We've seen them from Easter onwards, where particularly Qantas has struggled in that area. But what emerged in Four Corners was that these concerns have now extended to safety concerns with experienced workers saying that there's only so much you can stretch the elastic band before it snaps. And of course, none of us want that in aviation because there are no second chances at uh, 35,000 feet. Yeah, and some of the things that are pointed out in the dossier, which are revealed in Four Corners as well, and as you said, people really should watch it via ABC iView. It's it's worth their 45 minutes, that's for sure. Things like firearms unloaded onto arrival carousels, dangerous goods being loaded on planes and planes being loaded poorly. There's footage of a plane being loaded dangerously and incorrectly in the show itself, which means there are imbalances on aircraft, and if not for the good fortune of, uh, of a double check that could have caused a problem in the air. And then, of course, there's workers themselves who are not trained to actually do this work, doing dangerous work in a dangerous way, leading to injuries, uh, which is you know something that unions have fought long and hard to stop from happening. Yep. We've got pilots who are fatigued. We've got cabin crew who are fatigued and overworked and underpaid. Um, we've got ground handlers who are completely inexperienced and stretched to the limit, cutting corners because there's simply not enough of them to do the work. Uh, who don't know how to do the work properly, not because of any fault of their own, just because um, they've been thrust into this area as if it was some kind of unskilled job. Of course, packing the belly of an aircraft is completely skilled. You've got to know what you're packing on, the dangerous goods, where they go, where they can't go. You've got to know what the balance of the aircraft is. You've got to, you've got to hand the paperwork to the pilot so the pilot can sign off. These things are not happening at, at an alarming frequency since we've seen this increased move to outsourced operations. But more generally, across that 15 years, as Four Corners showed, this has been a deliberate strategy. And for those that have watched Four Corners and those that will, there's a moment at the end, and spoiler alert, where the CEO, Alan Joyce, has no answer for the question put to him about people working side by side on completely different rates and conditions. You know, he says this is done throughout the industry and the question is put to him but is it fair and he's unable to answer it because of course it's not fair and not as it's not fair it's unsafe and we've got some work to do here if we're gonna if we're gonna rebuild Qantas but more importantly if we're going to and how are we going to rebuild aviation jobs. And, of course, Australians want their aviation to remain safe. It's got a, a fantastic safety record. Uh, it is endangered by uh, cost-cutting and the ideological drive at somewhere like Qantas to 
degrade the staff of its professionalism and, and its secure work. What's the next step to address this? Is there any support from government to look at this or is it going to require more shoulders to the wheel from the Transport Workers Union and other unions within the aviation sector? Where's it at, Michael? Well, there's a few elements that need to be sorted out. I mean, as a general proposition, our workplace laws are not providing the capacity for wages to keep up with the cost of living, for wages to be appropriately attuned to the to the work that's being performed, and and that has to be dealt with. And you know, I note out of the Jobs and Skills Summit recently that there was a recognition from uh, even employers and employer groups that there were aspects and important elements. Um, of our workplace laws that, that need to change. We need, for example, to be able to think about what is a living wage. We have a minimum wage. Uh, what does that mean? How relevant is it? Is it creating a drag? We've got awards that uh, you're unable to move that have been tied to archaic notions of, uh, of what should be the minimum in the award system. So these are things that we have to tackle. In aviation, though, specifically, I think it's really important to understand that some voices have far too much influence and sway. And there I'm talking about the CEOs of airports, the owners of the infrastructure, and the CEOs of the big airlines, including Alan Joyce. Of course, they are important players in the aviation sector, goes without saying. But it shouldn't be the case that they should be the only voices, and that is essentially leading to a position where aviation policy, including policy about how work can be structured, is being dictated by them and only them. And, of course, they have fundamental overriding profit obligations to shareholders. They always want to boost the share price because often their remuneration is tied to the share price. And so those things always dominate, and you can see that. Now, I was watching a Channel 10 report recently with Alan Joyce not unusually, on the day when bad news came, this was the day that the three appeal judges in the federal court confirmed that his management team's conduct was illegal in sacking 1,700 workers. On the very same day, he announced that he was going to spend $38 billion on new planes. And I remember vividly at the end of that report, the camera following Alan Joyce through the plane and him walking along, looking down at his phone, turning around to the camera with a big grin on his face, chuckling and saying, ha the share price has gone up 3%. I mean, this is what is governing decisions in aviation. So we've said for a long time, we said to the previous federal government, there's some ways we can deal with this. We can take equity stakes. Lots of governments have around the world in aviation infrastructure. Let's own back a little bit of the airport so we've got some say. Let's own back a little bit of these massive airlines so we can have more of a say. But if we're not willing to do that for whatever reason, we still have to figure out how the community has a say in aviation. And, and we think there should be an independent body that can make enforceable decisions about how aviation is structured, including how work is structured. An independent body that might be called the Safe and Secure Skies Commission that, sure, can take the soundings of aviation CEOs, but equally can take the soundings of workers and others, regulators and government, and make decisions in the public interest, because after all, this is critical infrastructure. Michael, thanks so much for talking to us on the job about this particular issue. As we said, ABC iView is the place to go to look at uh, Stephen Long's great report on Qantas and uh, congratulations on the Transport Workers Union and other unions for the work they've done to make sure this issue stays very much front of mind and uh, we can hold uh, these airlines to account to make sure our skies are safer and the jobs that uh, are there are secure, well-paid jobs like they should be. Here, here. Thanks, Francis. 
With Francis Leach, this is On The Job. Michael Kane there, the National Secretary of the Transport Workers Union. ABC iView is where you go to watch the Four Corners program in full. And we thank you for flying with us on the job today. Uh, and we'll do it all again next week. If you can give us a rating on your favourite platform, I know I ask every week, but it kind of helps. It really does. It helps people beat the algorithm and uh, find the information and the inspiration. So every review helps push us a little bit further up uh, the food chain in that regard. So give us a review. Let your friends know about it. Share our podcast. We'd really, really appreciate it. My name is Francis Leach. You can follow me on Twitter at St. Frankly. Of course, what you need to do is join your union. Go to a australianunions.org.au australianunions.org.au for a better working life that's the first place to go and I'll catch you on the next edition of On The Job bye bye